from my couch as I watch this game finish recording before the game ends as is uh, as as has been done before but it's been a while this is the this is unconquered with Doc Staples hot takes edition as Florida State is obliterating Southern Miss here in the fourth quarter and really there's I could spend a lot of time going through a whole lot here in terms of uh, of overanalyzing this game, but at the end of the day, this this is just this was just a championship level team doing with a lesser team what they should, and this Florida State team is what we thought they were, or at least some of us thought they were coming into the season. This is a very deep, very good, very talented. And uh, an experienced team, and uh, they, like I said, they did with Southern Miss what what you should do with a lesser team. But keep in mind, I mean, this one of the most amazing things here is Florida State's not that far removed from losing to a team like Jackson, uh, like Jacksonville State, on this same home field. I mean, that wasn't that long ago. And that Jacksonville State team, I mean, you're talking about an FCS team that that does not belong on the field with you. And you compare that to, this is actually a pretty decent Southern Miss team. This team has players. They've got some speed on the outside. They've got a, a quality running back who's going to, you know, at least get a a look at the next level. But it just didn't matter. This this Florida State team is so good up front on the defensive side that you'd better be able to block them. And ultimately, Southern Miss could not block them. By the way, speaking by the way, speaking of uh, of some things that stood out to me here, and I'm, I'm just I'm really going off the cuff here because I'm not going to spend too much time on this specific game. But you know, when you look at some of the guys that stood out, uh, there are a couple of these guys, a couple of these young players that just absolutely popped in terms of of the tools. Hussey is going to be a really good player at safety. You know, I, I've, I've liked Joseph a lot at corner, and, you know, he had a couple things that he could clean up and uh, just, just a moment ago dropped a, an interception, but absolutely jumping off the screen there. At one point uh, in some of his first – action I saw a defensive tackle taken off upfield chasing chasing a play down from behind it was like whoa who is 56 and realized that that was that was KJ Sampson it's like wow does he move well that guy moves really well for an interior defensive lineman and you know the talent just jumps off the screen with him of course AO flashed the the get off that he's uh, flashed before in practice. Uh, this is a talented team, and you start going down the list. You know the uh, the the backup backers handled themselves pretty well. You know, I thought um, Blake Nicholson was another guy that you know in the uh, in the in the pass coverage that he, that he showed. You know, he, he came down with one interception, stepped out of bounds, so. It, you know, wasn't actually an interception, but came down in that in that pass coverage. You could see the fluidity, and you could see some of the things that he brought to the table there, just jumping off the screen. There's some talent, some young talent on this team 
that really makes you feel good, not only about the, the, the depth on this team, but, but moving forward into the future, they're going to be able to, to reload with some of these guys pretty well. Now, all told, you know, the game was not a complete success because, you know, Akeem Dent went down, looked like he'd been shot by a sniper from the stands, looked like he hurt his, uh, he hurt his, uh, his, I thought it was hamstring, but then he came out with his knee wrapped. I, you know, you hope that he's fully ready to go, but one of the keys of this game was to come out with his, with minimal injuries, you know, come out with no, no injuries. Akeem Dent is an important guy on this defense. Now, granted, Kevin Knowles stepped right in, handled his business. And then, of course, you have uh, Ashlyn Barker and Conrad Hussey that also played right away. Uh, Kenton Kirkland looked like he got dinged up a little bit, looked probably like a concussion or maybe a, a stinger or something like that. Uh, but, you know, th- there were that, that's the one thing that, that leaves you concerned coming out of it is that you don't want to lose Dent. And, you know, hopefully he, he comes out uh, comes out fine there. Uh, Johnny Wilson did not look fully healthy, did not look, you know, completely together in that first half, had three drops, didn't, didn't really play at his best. And, and then came to the sideline and street clothes uh, after half, after the half, you know, was out earlier than the rest. So you wonder whether he was maybe sick or something. Uh, but all in all, I mean, you, you had virtually everybody touching the football, Destin Hill with a catch, Hakeem Williams with the catch, Hakeem Williams blocked his tail off tonight. That guy is is earning his way onto the field the right way by doing the right things off the ball, showing the kind of effort that you want from him. A lot of lot of good things there from from that young man. You'd like to have seen him be able to catch that uh, that one fade route that was not the best throw, but you'd like to see him be able to fight for that just a little bit better. Uh, but really good really good signs from him as a as a player moving forward again a guy that you you feel comfortable with uh, uh moving forward Darius Washington started of course at center for Marie Smith handled himself well got to see uh Armella and uh Jalen Early and uh, a bunch of other guys on the field in this one the backup offensive line look that backup offensive line would have started for Florida State two years ago they they looked they looked like a, a an ACC offensive line and and I think there are ACC teams right now that would straight up trade you for those five for the for the five backups that were on the field uh, and that includes by the way Stickle at uh, at, at at center when he was when David Stickle walk on David Stickle when he was in there at center there there are teams in the ACC that would probably trade for that group of course. Keon Coleman did Keon Coleman things. <laughs> that guy is an absolute monster. And, you know, with the a just a just a long enough, just played long enough to to log some some numbers and put up a Heisman type highlight. You know, I I was one of the people beating the drum on him after I'd gone back and reevaluated him in the summer and, you know, heard some stuff from folks I really trusted as well from summer workouts. I was beating the drum on him being special. But I'll say this. Coming into the season, I thought it was a foregone conclusion that Marvin Harrison Jr. would win the Bolitnikoff. You know, the, he's, he's so clearly, so far and away, the best wide receiver in the country that, you know, you just go ahead and count that. 
But Keon Coleman's going to make this interesting. He keeps looking like he looks and making the plays that he's been making and handling himself that way. He's going to be in the discussion. He's going to give Marvin Harrison Jr. a real run, especially since I don't think Harrison has the quarterback situation that he'd like this year. So, yeah, 11 wide receivers. The game's just gone final. 11 wide receivers with catches in this one. Uh, not including, by the way, uh, Wilson, who had the three drops but but no catches. Spreading the ball around well. Nine guys with rushes in this game. This game, by the way, was one of the longest games you will ever see under the current rules. That first half took an eternity. I mean, that, that first half took as long as often three quarters will take. But uh, it's partly because there, there's so much scoring. It was happening, and and uh, there were a lot of initial incompletions and all of that. Jordan Travis was not as clean today as he's been, fifteen and twenty nine. A little bit, a little bit on the low end in terms of some of that. Some of that was was dropped. Some of that was a little bit of you know location being a little bit off. I thought I thought his ball floated a little bit tonight at, at different points. Cleaned it up a little bit uh, second and third quarter when uh, before before he went out. But I thought. All in all, this was not Jordan Travis's best game as a, as a, as a thrower. He did not throw the ball especially well in this game. Uh, but some other guys that flash, do span, just flash that speed. Again, near miss on a, on a throw that, that Travis underthrew him just a little bit, and he just could not come down with. Some good plays in the ball by Southern Miss secondary. I mean, they, they, they had a couple pass breakups on, on some of these where – you know, they, they competed. They competed really hard. But all in all, it was just it was just too much from a team that is way, way more talented. Florida State played fifty-three guys. There were fifty-three guys that logged snaps on uh on defense or special teams. The official stats here, you know, they they count those on uh I guess that would probably be punt return. As uh, as having played defense, yeah, it's got to be punt return since Keon Coleman's on the list. But fifty three guys on the official defensive participation chart here. If you factor out the offensive guys who are just playing uh, special teams here, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, including the specialists there. That's eight. So basically, forty eight guys or forty five guys played on defense, <laughs> emptied the bench for sure. But the bottom line is this team, you know, I've watched the other contenders so far this year, or virtually all of them, and this team looks like a top two to three team in the country right now. Now, there are still some things. You're going to have to stay healthy. You've still got to you know, it's not it's not good if, like I said, if Akeem Dent misses extended time, you want to make sure that some of these guys who didn't play tonight, you had Robert Scott not play tonight again after uh, after giving it a go against against uh, LSU and then stepping away stepping out. You want to have him back for the depth. Maurice Smith needs to get healthy again. Again, I I think if those guys aren't ready next week, Boston College did not look good this week. If 
you don't have those guys next week uh, at closer to their 100%, you go ahead and let them sit again because you're, you're going to want those guys available for Clemson. One thing I think you can criticize in this game is I do think Florida State was a little too cute early. I mean, they ran a lot of a lot of stuff that is not base stuff for them. You could see they were trying to work on. I mean, they treated this game like a scrimmage, and they treated it like a scrimmage from play one in the in the first quarter. And honestly, that's something I would prefer to see to see them get a little bit less cute up front. I mean, it bit them a couple years ago. Now, I think with this group, it's a whole lot less likely to bite you. I'd like to see them get a little less cute up front, uh, in the in the first series or two of these games. Get up by a couple scores and get to where you're you're really comfortable before you before you mess around with some of that. And then then you can do your thing. But yeah, I think beyond that and thing is, even though they they didn't execute as well on some of that stuff, and even though they were getting cute with some of the things that they were putting on film, they were still up thirty five or thirty one to three at the half, and you know it was it, that game was over after the first few drives. But again, I, I still would like to have seen them be a little less cute up up, up front. Uh, quick note, by the way, about that Keon Coleman uh, highlight where. You know, he hurtled the guy down the sideline. I don't know if, if, if you noticed this, but he had been uh, on the, what, two plays earlier on the play where he'd been hit late out of bounds. The, uh, he, he actually waved off the sideline. They were going to sub, sub somebody else in for him there. And he waved off the, the people on the sideline. And you could see him like, I want this. And give credit to Norvell and, and to Jordan Travis and the rest. They knew that he wanted something. He wanted to stick it to him a little bit after that late hit. And what does he do? He goes out and does that. <laughs> so you can see just how this guy can just kind of turn it up a level when he wants to. And, you know, that's, that's kind of Jordan-esque. But um, anyway, you know, just looking at the cumulatives here, 1.9 yards per play for Southern Miss in the first quarter, only 4.8 for Florida State, then 4.3 for Southern Miss in the second quarter, 7.5 for Florida State, and then Florida State averaged 13 yards a play in the second half, and that was after essentially Southern Miss had, had kind of quit. And, you know, they took care of business. The the backup, that tells you what the backups were able to do here. Final, final totals, uh, 4.2 yards per play for Southern Miss, eight yards per play, comfortable for Florida State. Again, just a, a nice demolition to, uh, to, to think through there. So for the remainder of this, it's worth uh, first taking a look at a couple questions that have come in, and then, uh, and then after that, uh, taking a look around the ACC just briefly to think about where, where things are in the um, immediate future for Florida State in terms of, of the team's that they're going to be facing coming up soon. So the first question here uh, comes from Nicholas. He says, um, my only concern in the team has been safeties. They didn't seem to stand out much against LSU or make a lot of plays. What's your assessment of their play? However, linebackers are much improved. Lundy and Tatum were very active and played downhill. Exciting uh, to see. Hope they stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, I, I did think the safeties 
actually played a little better against LSU than what maybe the broadcast copy suggested. They were basically asked to make sure that that they handled things coming downhill in, in, in run support and then also were mostly responsible for making sure that there were no explosives. And in terms of that, they, they did their job. And they did a good job of making sure that that plays didn't turn into big into big plays down the line. I mean, they were kind of traditional safeties in that respect. Didn't make a whole lot of plays, but also prevented some plays from from happening. So you, you get, give them credit there. Uh, there was one missed run fit run fit by uh, by Brown there at the end of of the second half or at the end of the second quarter. Uh, the long run there. That's one where the safety has to fill. So the safety's got to fill faster there from his spot, and then when that hit, when that cut to the outside, the uh, the the corner actually needed to be in more contained relationship there. He needed to actually pass that rec- that uh, receiver off in that situation so that he could be in position to be additional secondary run support. Uh, but I think all in all, the safeties were fine and. Actually, some of the, some of what LSU did, they 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 did try to take advantage of the safeties and also linebackers some in that particular uh, in in their game plan, and I thought they they both held up pretty well. But I thought the the linebackers kind of got taken advantage of a little bit more and got crossed up a little bit more a few times, which is one of the reasons why they went to more dime in the in the uh, second half. And when they went dime, that that basically was it for LSU. LSU was not able to really move it on the dime uh, stuff that they had. So all in all, I mean, I, I thought the safeties played pretty well. I do now have some concerns with, uh, with Hakeem Dent, you know, want to make sure that he's healthy. But, uh, but beyond that, you, you feel pretty good about where the safety position is, I think, uh, much better than I thought I'd feel at this stage of the season. Now, the next question leads us into some discussion of other teams on Florida State schedule. And that is, uh, this one is from Casey. Is it possible that AR-15 and that great offensive line for Florida was just deodorant last year, and this is actually year one for Napier? Always said 2021 was year one for Norvell, just my two cents. Uh, yeah, actually, I think uh, I think that's accurate. Not only possible, but likely. This is really the first year for that staff in a lot of ways in terms of showing you what they are and what their direction is. And I think that should be pretty concerning for Florida fans in terms of some of the mistakes that you've seen and some of the offensive direction on that and some of the some of the judgment that they've had in terms of who they've evaluated and who they went after in the portal and all of that. So I do think Florida's better than than people think they are in terms of what they showed against uh against Utah and and what their capacities are uh moving forward. I think they've still that's still a team that that can give you problems, but uh but still not a team you expect to beat this Florida State team. Now, one team that I, you know, I'd said in the preseason that it pained me to say it, but I thought they'd be significantly improved, and I thought after week one they were significantly improved, and then I think they showed today they definitely are significantly improved is Miami. Uh, with Miami beating Texas A&M 48-33 and, and Van Dyke throwing for 374 yards and five scores and, uh, and that defense holding up against Texas A&M's wide receivers and, and, and all of that, that Miami game is starting to look dangerous. I, I think that Miami, that Miami team might end up being the second-best team Florida State plays this year, depending on what happens with, with Clemson, depending on what happens with LSU. 
that Miami team is probably in a comparable tier with those two teams. Uh, I don't think they have some of the depth that the that that uh, that either of those teams have, but they that that's a that's a dangerous Miami team, and they're they're good enough up front on both sides of the ball that they're not a team you, that I think you can walk in and expect to just dominate up front and and win the way that you're going to be able to against most of your schedule. Miami's going to give you some. You're going to have your hands full of Miami. You're going to have to actually play well and and handle Miami and 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 work through a physical a physical game but you know the remainder of the schedule uh I think Wake Forest at this point is you know they they are not what they were last year and last year they were not what they were uh the the prior year so you know that that feels better uh Boston College struggled today you know Boston College narrowly beating Holy Cross 31 to 28. You know, that's that's concerning, right? So they lose in overtime to open the year to Northern Illinois and then narrowly squeak one out against Holy Cross at home 31 to 28. Yeah, I, I think that's another another team that you should blow out next week. And you'd like to face them this early in the year with them in that situation, with them reeling. Uh, then after that, of course, you you play you play at Clemson, and Clemson handled things today. You know they won what sixty six to seventeen against Charleston Southern, but that Charleston Southern team now you're talking about an FCS team that that you you should bludgeon that way. That is not quite the same sixty six points that Florida State scored against an actual. FBS, you know, pretty good group of five team. And, you know, Klubnik had another just concerning hiccup where, you know, he he has given some indications of being a, you know, potential turnover machine from the from his first action even against Notre Dame. He's a guy that will put the ball in danger. And I think that's something that that if you're Florida State, you wanna you wanna put him in some situations that that give him the opportunity to put him in danger when you play that game. And, uh, and I think you, you feel pretty comfortable about that. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, Clemson, Clemson still got flaws and Florida state needs to take advantage of those flaws to beat them. But I think at this point you would favor, you should favor Florida state going into that game. Uh, Virginia tech, they, they look about as expected as does Syracuse. They look about as expected so far. You know, Syracuse has handled business, you know, what, 50, 65 to nothing against Colgate and then uh, 48 to seven today against Western Michigan, you know, taking care of business on all that. But again, very weak competition. And, and I think overall, you feel pretty good about that. Duke, obviously, Duke is going to be a challenge with how they handled Clemson. You're going to have to come and play. But Duke is, of course, playing at Florida State. And I think if you just play your game, you should be able to beat them. You just can't do what what Clemson did and turn it over when you're in the red zone and uh, you know give up key plays in key situations. You got to win more situations. Like I said, Wake Forest they did win today, uh, and, and you know quality win over the over the SEC. But of course, that the SEC team they beat is Vanderbilt, who's not going to have a ton of success in the SEC this week or this year. 
nevertheless, I mean, that does mean that so far this season, the ACC is 4-1 and one against the SEC with a margin of victory of like 30, average margin of victory. And, you know, Virginia hadn't played uh, Tennessee. You know, you're looking at much, much worse. Uh, and then, you know, Pitt, I'm not sure what to think of Pitt yet. I've not, I've not watched them, admittedly, so I've got to wait a little bit. I think that Miami game is going to be a war. That's that's the next most concerning game after the Clemson game, I think, without without question. Uh, that Duke game, you've got concerns about, but Miami, you're going to have to be healthy up front, and you're going to have to be able to handle your business because they will test you up front on both sides of the ball, then North Alabama and Florida. So, you know, I think you got to get healthy enough against Clemson to to be able to play somewhere close to your A game. You got to be able to handle Duke. You got to be able to handle Pitt on the road. I think Duke might have surpassed Pitt in my mind as the next most difficult that you're worried about. And then I think Miami is that is is really the the number three game after the Clemson game that you're most worried about. I, again, I think that is actually a good a good Miami team, and because uh, I think that's actually a pretty good Texas A and M team that's going to contend for the West. So for the SEC West, and interestingly, I mean the t- the three teams that I I think are the biggest contenders for the SEC West all have losses now with Alabama losing to Texas and then both LSU and, uh, and Texas A&M losing to uh, ACC squads to, uh, to Florida State and Miami. So in some sense, the uh, college football universe is, you know, headed in the right direction on that, at least this season, though uh, things are not where they should be uh, moving forward after that. So in terms of expanded playoff and, all the realignment and all that that's coming after this year. That's not going the right direction. But other than that, this was this was a, a solid day for, for this Florida State team. You feel pretty good about what they did. Feel pretty good about looking what their what the schedule did, what the teams on the schedule did. There's nobody on your schedule that you that you don't think you should beat. And right now there are really two teams on your schedule that that uh, remain with Clemson, Miami, that you go, okay, those guys are, are going to give you some trouble up front on both sides. You're going to have to play well on both sides of the ball to beat those teams. Other than that, I think you can, you, as long as you don't turn the ball over a bunch, you can handle the, rem- the remainder of your schedule. But we'll see. That's why they play the games. This has been Unconquered with Doc Staples. Thanks for listening. I'd like to thank my advertising partners, EPR Creations, Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, Shenandoah Real Estate at ShenRealEstate.com and the Research Triangle of North Carolina, Garage Makeovers in South Florida. And then, of course, if you have not stopped by the Unconquered Podcast shop at UnconqueredPodcast.com, you can buy stickers and all sorts of other gear. Go ahead and do that. Always helps support the podcast. Thanks also to those supporters over at Patreon, where I post video analysis and field questions for the podcast from supporters. I'm especially grateful to those above the dynasty level, that is Andrew Garrett, Brian Leininger, Jonathan Kennedy, Lee Caswell, Travis Smith, Tyler Kashishki, Dave Blair, and Bert Bertoldi. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave a five-star rating over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, post us on social media, and tell a friend. This has been the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. I made this.